give out. Ask for help. WIAM 101.1 FM, The Way. Current events, personal values, political and social issues, technology, wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. Russia and Iran agree to take the scenic view of prophecy. Move over, Uncle Sam. There's a new currency in town. And if you're looking for an after-school club for your kid to attend, well, we've got one we can't recommend. Those are just some of the articles we'll explore as we review the signs of the times for Friday, May 26th, 2023. Signs of the Times is all business when it comes to prophecy, just like our sponsor, Bob Johnson Insurance, a full-service independent insurance agency featuring Erie Insurance products. They are all about insurance, over 15 different types of insurance for every aspect of life. For a personalized quote, you can contact Bob Johnson Insurance by phone at 865-922-3111 or online at bobjohnsonins.com. And you can hit us up at thewaymedia.net and just click on Signs of the Times. It's easy to see, and you can send us your prophecy question. You can share any episode in our archives or read the articles we talk about for yourself because we can't make this stuff up, and quite honestly, we don't have the time. So... Here to tell us that technically every mirror you buy in a store is in used condition is Pastor Mark, who once got arrested for walking out of a museum with a Rembrandt. Now, this confused Pastor Mark because he had asked their security if he could take a picture, and they said yes. You know, I asked. You know, it's an honest mistake. It is. It is. It's miscommunication. It is. It's not understanding the words. Yes, that's right. I mean, Or the meaning of the words. That's right. That's right. That's And, you know, you, those innocent things happen. So did you tell them that we need to go back to the original Greek so you can understand what I meant? Well, they told me I either had to give it back or paint another one. So okay. I thought I can't, I can't really, I can't, I can't repaint. Very. So I, it, they were asking for repaintance. And so I realized I couldn't repaint. So I just gave it back to them. Oh, you know, and the, and the funny thing about it, you had no idea what I was going to say. And this is how good you are. Yeah, is that right. you were you were re- you were filled with the Holy Spirit and God just oh, I don't, I don't supernaturally. Can, I don't know if you can blame that on the Holy Spirit. I, all right, probably not. Well, anyway, welcome back, Pastor it's Mark. It's great been to a, be back. Yeah, long two weeks. Yeah. If you wanted to give us a quick update of Israel, I can tell you that when you first arrived. Uh, the rockets, red glare, the bombs bursting in air, right. and bomb shelters opening everywhere. Yeah, that's in right. Tel Aviv. So tell us what happened. Well, you know, it's a great it's a great opportunity to make a point that I've always told our travelers to Israel, and that is this: Look, there's always little, not always, but oftentimes skirmishes in Israel, little events that take place. But Israel is very safe. I mean, you go there. I mean, here, here. Let me just make my point. We had no idea that was going on. We had people home going, "Are you guys okay? They're firing at the border, Tel Aviv." I said, "Really." Well, we're, we're having a blast. We're just touring, going to all the sites, enjoying nice foods, restaurants, hotels. We had no clue. Had, had people not contacted us from home or had our guide not told us, we would have never known there was a skirmish. Wow. Zero knowledge. You, Amazing. When, when you're in the nation, you're protected. You don't know any of it. I try to warn people, listen, God protects the land. Michael, the archangel, oversees it. Now, if you're going to go stay on the border, you may have an issue. But it's very safe. And uh, actually, when I was there, I was thinking we were going to have more trouble in America because I knew that the Title 42 was ending on May 11th. Right. And I thought there was going to be a big uprising on the border. I thought, you know what? I'm glad we're in a place that's safe, Israel. Right. Uh, uh, but either way, uh, no, it was great. And, and we never even knew it. Wonderful trip. And um, again, uh, it just Israel's doing great. Um, you know, the the uh, the new conservative government there, uh, the people are, are, you know, you see on the news people marching in the street, you know, complaining about certain things. But really, it's only a small faction on the left 
that are marching in the streets. The majority of Israel right now is on a conservative uh, turn. Right. And they're standing behind Netanyahu, and the nation is strong in that way. And it was it was a great trip. I was very encouraged. Very, That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Did you ever make it up to Tel Dan and up that mountain? I can't remember the name of the mountain, but there's a coffee shop at yes. the top. Yes, and you Coffee can, Anon. Okay. And you can, Mount Bentel. And you can see Mount... Um, Hermon? Hermon. Yes. From the distance. But you can also see the border between Lebanon and Israel. That's up right. There, we so. were up there. We saw it. Okay. Calm as could be. Calm as can be. And uh, we were up there. Mount Bentel is a, is a, is a volcano and had other volcanoes around it that, yeah. of course, are dormant. And we've talked yeah. about that where they may just, uh, they, they might, they may stand to attention here and get involved in Ezekiel 38 and 39. We'll you wait never and know. see. But I was thinking about that when I was yeah. there. I was like, oh, um, yeah. Uh, you know, that's that's a, a hot cup of coffee there, yeah. lava coffee there, lava but coffee. It, it was a great trip. Yeah. Did you ask him if you, he could take you into the Golan Heights and kind of look over the... Look over the, the the ridge and yeah, it was. I mean, you can see the Golden Heights real good from there, but yeah. you can't quite see over them. But yeah. uh, you know, it's a good well lavalier, lavalier. Yes. <laughs> well, it sounded like you had a great time. We did. We had a great trip. Well, it's great to have you back because we need to get into the signs of the times. Yes. Yeah. All right. Let's get into some Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine, which is kind of what Pastor Mark was talking about. Some things that might be used over there. I'll tell you what Russia and Iran plan to use right now, and that's the railways. This is from Reuters. Russia and Iran sign a rail deal for a corridor intended to rival the Suez Canal. Yeah, this is interesting. Again, I, I left this in here because, again, it just shows, Greg, the further alliance being built. There's this strong alliance being built between Russia and Iran. Yeah. And so, I, you know, just to point that out to our listeners, we know it's going to happen. Uh, but again, the Russian President Putin and his Iranian counterpart, Ibrahim uh, Razi, on Wednesday oversaw a video uh, link, the signing of a deal to finance the, and build the Iranian railway line as part of the embryonic international north-south transport corridor. Uh, the the Rosh, the Rosh Ashtara rail, uh, Railway is seen as an important link in the corridor intended to connect India, Iran, Russia, Azerbaijan, and other countries via railway and sea, a route that Russia says can revive the Suez Canal, or rival rather. The Suez Canal is a major global trade route. The unique north-south transport artery, of which the uh, Rosh Ashtara Railway will become a part, will help sig- uh, significantly diversify global traffic flows. Now, two things going on. Uh, obviously, Russia's trying to become more independent of the West and of America because we're kind of, you know, we're leaning on them, putting some pressure because of this whole, uh, you know, a war in Ukraine and all that. Right. And so they're trying to break away and get more united to sure. China and all that. But the, the larger picture, that's their attempt to, for their economy. The larger picture here is the further linking to Iran and what's happening. I mean, these guys are becoming just buddy, buddy buddies, and that's going to be leading into that, that Ezekiel 38 and 38 battle. It would be very interesting if we could actually see a the plans for this for railway. railway so we can physically you see know? it because here's what comes to my mind when i think of this i'm not thinking of a direct link that's necessarily direct with with iran and russia although that very well could be the case right but i'm also thinking that that railway system will end up somehow either direct from russia or from iran or something and come into syria as well because i'm thinking that Perhaps that could be used in moving the things that need to be moved uh, down there at the northern border of Israel for Ezekiel 38 and 39. And what better way to do it than on a rail system? That is a great point, Greg. So I I was trying to say, well, I don't have time to search it now, but I looked real quick to see if they'd show some kind of a trail. I didn't find anything, but that could be a great thing for to look up later. That's a that's a a really interesting thing. Yeah, just a thought. It is. That's good. So we'll keep thinking. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money Talks. How about some One World Economy news? This is from MSN.com. Move over, U.S. dollar. China wants to make the yuan the global currency. Is that how yeah. you pronounce it? Or in East Tennessee, we would say U.I.N.? No, you know, I've heard people how say, would you, how would you do believe that? it or not, on the news, I've heard even newscasters say U.N., but I'm pretty sure it's the yuan. You're supposed the to say, I think it's the yuan. Yeah. And I heard some people saying yuan. I may be corrected by our listeners if I'm saying it wrong, but I think it's the yuan. Okay. But again, this goes back to Russia. Now, remember, Russia and China trying to link together. They want to create a whole new world economy based on a whole new uh, system. of. They don't want the dollar to be dominant, and they're working hard behind the scenes. Uh, the article says the yuan is becoming increasingly relevant as a currency for international trade, says Luis Gali, chief executive of Nusan. 
Uh, but beggars don't get to choose. This deal was, <laughs> he says the deal was born out of necessity. So they're saying they're being forced to shift, to shift over. Argentina's economy is again in crisis, he said. A drought has wiped out key agricultural exports, pushing the economy already grappling with skyrocketing inflation to the brink of recession. With Argentina's supply of U.S. dollars dwindling as a result, the government in April announced that it would pay $1 billion worth of imports from China in one and for $790 million worth of monthly imports thereafter. The deal was welcome news for Beijing, which has long wanted its currency in wider use and to enjoy some of the power and prestige that the United States enjoys thanks to the dollar's global domination. So uh, you've got this, again, the whole larger picture of East versus West. You know, interesting, Greg, in this whole picture of the world formulation. Now, we've talked about this in past shows. There's an East versus West world um, battle developing, where right now the West controls the world mostly, Mm -hmm. really, because of the money and all that, uh, the dollar. The East wants it. Russia's linking in with them, and so there's this kind of uniting of these two world systems that are coming to battle each other. Again, we know that uh, the West is going to win, but somehow it's going to all be tied into this one world government with Russia going down and the Russian and Iranian invasion. Uh, but when you watch China on the rise, I've often said that I think China's going to, something's got to happen to kind of pull the air out of their balloon uh, that flies over America and every other balloon they have. <laughs> yes. Something's got to pull the air out of that balloon to kind of bring them down. But you know, it's interesting. I'm I'm still keeping an eye open to the West linking, maybe out of necessity, with China, because we're we're giving a lot of kudos to China. We're talking about their camera system, their social system, their 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 digital system. And it is interesting, you know, you have the dragon in Revelation, um, you know, as 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 the beast, picture as the beast, and you got the dragon representing China. I'm not saying that China's gonna be this the leader of this governmental world system, but I'm not I'm not closed off to that. I'm as I see us working with China and going, wow, they're so great. And we love the way they have their camera and their facial recognition and their social scores, you know, to make people behave and kind of world control. There may be more involved. China may when Russia gets taken out, you may see China out of necessity have to link in more with the states or else they're going to come down for whatever. But either way, mm. uh, it's interesting to watch these yeah. world powers banging heads and we know it's going to end up somehow coming together in that 10-region, probably region conglomeration with these uh, 10 leaders over those regions as the 10 toes in Daniel. And um, it's just very interesting to watch. I, I, you know, I, uh, I find it intriguing, and I, I, you know, God's revealing more, but I'm, I'm anxious to see how this all pans out. Yeah. You know, it's almost the, the, the underlying theme to all of this is crisis breeds control. And we've got another yeah. article later that's going to talk about that. But yeah, it's yeah, still, yeah. it's, it's, but you need those crises in order to grab the control that's necessary yeah. Yeah. to bring the world together. The world on its own is not going to agree that, oh, yeah, let's all get together and let's just yeah. be one whatever. I mean, yeah. there, there's a push for it on the social end. Yeah. But when it comes to economies, militaries, uh, you know, sovereignties, n- nationalism, all of those things that you, Man, somehow those things have to be moved out of the way for some greater issue. They do. And the odd thing to me, it almost seems like, Greg, with some of the things we're doing as a nation and saying that we're kind of stepping out of the way to allow China more world power. It's it's odd to me. I'm watching on the world stage. It's like we're kind of saying China's the one to lead the way on this. Let's kind of let them. So this is odd. Well, no, it's not odd when you consider the currently installed administration in our country. Right. I get that. I get that. And that's what allowed that if if. If if we had the president we had prior get reelected as right. we, okay, we would be looking at a different landscape today. Yeah, on many fronts. Yeah, and Greg, there may be with this who article we'll get to later. There yeah. may be a stall. We'll see. We'll because see. I think that I think there's very possibly going to be a stall in some of this moving forward. Only time yeah. will tell. But there's some signs of that as well. Well, and that's just an encouragement for all of us to keep praying for God to give us a reprieve. Absolutely, you know? absolutely, uh, a, a global timeout, if you will. That's right. And as we see these things unfolding, I want to encourage our listeners: yeah. this is not a time to shrink away. No, we need to be bolder and stepping forward in boldness, proclaiming the gospel. Don't be afraid of the world or what's happening around you. Be bold, because at the right moment, He's coming to yank us out of here. And we're going to be so excited, and it's going to happen quick. And let's be bold to the end. So pray for boldness. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's look at some growing anti-Semitism. It's a hallmark of the end times prophetic 
timetable, if yeah. you will, uh, that it's all part of. Uh, and really, this is this is I would say growing anti-Semitism and how God's going to use this is central to God's plan and why He's using all of these things, and that's to finally deal with the nation of Israel as yeah. He's promised. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm gonna you know I want to read this and then talk about it in relation to what Israel's doing to Christians right now and Israel with Armenia. Yeah. Well, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Well, you go ahead. I was going to read the title, but you read the title. No, I, I thought no, you, you had... No, nope, nope, I was just talking. Oh, come on. I feel like those two... Well, the chipmunks... No, after you, after you. After, no, after you. Congressional <laughs> advisor warns of rising anti-Semitism in Armenia, dangerous influence of Iran. See, I already read it, so in my mind, you'd already done that, so I jumped ahead there. But either way... That's okay. You're still on Israeli time. It's Orthodox okay. strategic advisor points to high levels of anti-Semitism in Armenia. Among the U.S. Armenian community, this is now it's among the U.S. Armenian community, but still, I'll explain why this is like shocking to me. A Jewish strategic advisor to the U.S. Congress is warning of a dangerous and un- ungrateful rise. There it is in anti-Semitism. You'll see why ungrateful in a minute among the Armenian community in the U.S., which says it takes place under um, uh, is taking place under Iran's influence. So Iranians are influencing U.S. Armenians to turn on Israel. An investigation conducted by the Institute for the Study of Global Antisemitism and Policy revealed that Armenia has the greatest number of anti-Semitic publications among former Soviet Union countries. Now, why is this shocking to me? First of all, um, you know, when we went to Israel, Greg, I, there's a there's a, a there's a greater push by the uh, conservative right to squelch Christians. They're 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 getting more bold to say, look, don't let them share anything. Shut them down. We don't want you here. They're getting more aggressive or Christian. Here's the thing. You're shooting one of your best friends in the world, your best friend in the world in the foot. The people that are the most faithful to the nation of Israel, love them the most, are the Christians. Uh, who was it? Was it Hanan? Uh, oh, what was, the, what was the story with David? And and uh, and and David had sent messengers to because oh, yeah. Hanan's dad had died, right. and he was the king of Assyria, or he was a king of of some foreign country. Ammon, I think. Yeah, uh, I can't Assyria, remember. Ammon, and over that area, yes. And, and, and so he so he sent the messengers over there to extend his condolences, and then his the buddies. So, so Hanan's basically going to end up with power at this point, and Hanan's buddies gather around him, and go, Hey, do you really think David? It cares about, you know, that yeah. you lost your father. No, he's sending guys in here to spy the land and figure yeah. out how he can take it over. Yeah. And that's when they cut the, the priests and the beards and the robes and, and all of that. Expose their buttocks. I mean, exactly. it's total shame they brought on So, them. So it's almost like they're, 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 they're Hanan. Yeah. We're coming over there to, to do them good. Yeah. And they want to treat us like Hanan treated the messengers. Now, let me say, the majority of Israelis do not feel that way. They still love the Christians. No, they they're yeah. glad. But there is a there is a right-wing, strong, conservative, real religious, orthodox group that's saying, we don't want anything to do with Jesus, nothing to do with Christians, and they're, and they're, and they're getting more vocal because of the they're, they have more power in the new government. Now, so I look at that when I was there going, guys, what are you doing? You're shooting in the foot your best friends. Well, this is what's happening here in America with Armenia. In, in Israel, there's four quarters. There's the Christian quarter, the Armenian quarter, the Jewish quarter, and the Islamic quarter. Why is there an Armenian quarter given, mm. one quarter of the city given to Armenia? Because, Greg, the Jews recognized the Armenians went through a Turkish holocaust. The Turks tried to wipe the Armenians out, and they had their, they had a small holocaust in their history where the Turks tried to kill all the Armenians. So you would think that they would understand well, better than anyone. Well, because the Jews said, hey, we sympathize because we went through that with Germany. We're <laughs> going to give you a quarter of the old city. And, and now, of course, in Israel, they still recognize that. But you would think the American Armenians would go, wait a minute, the Jews loved us. They gave us a quarter of Jerusalem. They stood up for us when the Turks right. tried to wipe us out as a people. And now Iran has them convinced in America, Israel's the bad guy and you need to kill them. It just shows you how strong the spiritual battle is and anti-Semitism, even for those you love and try to do good to, like you were talking about with David. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the whole thing is just like, I, I read that and I go, guys, come on. Yeah. Come on. Now, since you've just come back from Israel, let's talk about something else because this makes me think about this. In what Israel is facing as a country, so now you've got people, and I... To me, first of all, I think that this is very prophetic. What you shared about this, the the religious group over there are they are they tied into the Hasidic Jews? They are. They're not really. I don't know if they're Hasidic. They're 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 Orthodox. Strong. They don't wear oh. the guys. They're not wearing all the Hasidic garb. So I'd say no. Okay. But they are super super conservative Orthodox. Okay. I think that that's going to play into end times prophecy in terms of getting everyone to to turn turn their backs against Israel. 
It might. I, I, I could, I it could, might. I could see that. And but the second thing is about the Hasidic Jews. And for those that don't know, maybe you can explain what they're dealing with with the Hasidic Jews, yeah. because the Hasidic Jews are a problem just for. Israel as a nation to be existing over there right they now. They really are. And almost, you know, you say Hasidic. I mean, they would almost call them ascetic. Ascetic. Yes. You know, they're causing a problem. They see them as a problem, the general population. Because, Greg, what they do is they go over there and live, but they don't believe that the nation of Israel deserves to exist till the Messiah comes back. And they basically leech off of the government and off the people. They don't work. Nope. They don't serve in the military. They take all the government funding. And while they're taking the government funding and not working, they attack the Israeli government and Israel say, you don't deserve to be here. You don't have a right to exist. Now Reminds imagine, me of a group in this country. I mean, unbelievable. They're, they're over there. They're entitled. They're taking all the government money, but they're saying we hate this country. Basically, I mean, it's 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 wow. um, it is. Yeah, they are. They are a, a scar on the nation of Israel. Now, the other guys, these guys that are doing it, these two that are pushing hard, and there's others in this group are not necessarily the the Hasidim, but they are the they're the Orthodox, and they're just saying, look, we got to shut down anything to do with Christianity. And I'm like, guys, look. You need to use wisdom here. You have very few friends in the world, and you actually have very few friends even in Israel. There's more people that are secular than are the Orthodox. Yep. So you need to you need to say, look, I'll take all the friends I can get and stop trying to, to, to crack down on Christians. But it's just shocking to me. And again, when I see this, then I see Armenians. That's kind of like going in and rescuing, you know, the Arm- it'd be like if you went in and rescued somebody in a military operation, you bring them back, and then once you get them in a safe room, they pull out guns and start shooting you. It's like, yeah. what are you talking about? We just rescued you. Uh, but it just shows the the sinful human nature and the lack of. I just it, it just shocks me. Yeah, it, it is, and it's quite it's quite the soap opera over there. It really is. If, if you enjoy soap operas, tune into Israel. Yes, yeah, so the Middle be, East turns. It's the Middle East turns exactly. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Well, that's Pastor Mark Kirk who's helping us make sense of the signs of the times. It's our weekly take on Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news on WIAM LP Knoxville, a weekly broadcast that we've tagged as podcast number 263, and that's available through all of your popular podcast outlets. And now it's time You've got mail. for listener questions. And we've got plenty of them, Pastor Mark, because you've been gone for two weeks. Yes, that's right. Our first question comes from Vincent. And Vincent's uh, title for his question says, Rapture, Shoes On or Off? Uh, he says, my daughter, who I guess is four years old, and I were talking about Jesus coming to take the church to heaven. She got real serious at one point of the conversation and said, I don't want Jesus to take my new fast shoes off when he takes us. <laughs> I laughed at the response from her as if it was something that we've never spoken about and totally took a left field direction for the conversation. It also prompted my thought in question. Is it possible that Jesus would rapture us with clothes and all, or will everything be removed except for our souls? After my child's response, it made me think of reassuring her by explaining that Jesus may take us and may even and may and make even the sin on our clothes resurrected with our bodies, so just so she could keep her fast new shoes. Okay. So well, that, that's yeah. Again, that's really sweet. Instead of yeah. Air Jordan, it's like Air Jesus. Air Jesus. Yes. Air Jesus. You know, yes. whatever. No, it's a great question there, Vincent. And you know, I would encourage you. And I can guarantee you, whatever shoes she has in heaven are going to be a lot better than the shoes she has down here. Amen. Um, you know, I mean, the Lord's into saving souls, but not those kind. I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> um, now, no, but in all seriousness, here that's a, that's a great question. But let me just go back to the scripture and show what the scripture says. Uh, the Bible says that flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God. Now, I know clothes aren't flesh and blood, but if flesh and blood can't inherit it, then it's it's pretty obvious that clothes wouldn't be able to inherit it either. And it's not a matter of just cleaning the clothes of their sin, so to speak. It's that this is this is earthly and that's that's spiritual, that's heavenly. So uh, I don't believe no, there won't be any clothes or any shoes or those kind of things in heaven. We will be going just in our spirit, is what the scripture would tell us, and that we will be clothed in the light of the Lord. So our new clothing will be the Lord's light. And then at some point, we'll get a new body. And then that new body will also be clothed in the Lord's light. You know, it's interesting. Um, when Adam and Eve were in the garden, they were already physically not wearing clothes, but they were clothed. So what did they have on? And then it says when they sinned, they knew they were naked, right? So um, it would appear that that clothing of light was clothing them. And they were clothed in light, I think, in the garden. Uh, and, and then when they sinned, that clothing of light left because their spirit, you know, died and they suddenly saw their nakedness and there they were. So he clothed them now in an earthly clothing, if you will. And so that earthly clothing is just a cover while we're here in this realm. Once we leave this realm, all the earthly things will be left behind. All the new will be spiritual in heaven. We'll be uh, new bodies, 
Yes, no doubt, new clothes that'll be amazing. Probably, some, who knows, maybe some kind of new shoes. The Lord had on shoes that shine like brass, fiery brass, beautiful bronze. I mean, so yes, I wouldn't doubt that we'll have clothing on our new bodies, but I think it's going to be more like Air Jesus than it is Air Jordan. And I think it's going to be so much more exciting. It may be hard for her to imagine that. Yeah. But imagine the most, the best upgrade of shoes she could ever have. You talk about fast shoes. She'll be the <laughs> fastest in heaven with these. And so I think that's going to be, a, yeah, we can't really take the physical stuff with us. Yeah. Very nice. All right, Pastor Mark, our next question comes from Lawrence. Uh, and what, what was the, uh, let's see, uh, Vincent was in Southern California. Right. And uh, Lawrence here is in Apple Valley, California, which I believe is kind of almost near Southern California on the verge there. Anyway, uh, Lawrence's question is about Ezekiel 37 and 38. And he says, doesn't Ezekiel 37 and 38 happen at the end of the millennium as referenced in Revelation 20 verse 8? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, you know, Ezekiel 30, 37 and 38, a lot of people say, are, are, when, when are these battles? Are they the same battle? Are they two separate battles? The scripture makes it clear they're two separate battles. And the Ezekiel 38 and 39, or 37, 38 battle, uh, really 38 and 39. 37 kind of just gives the introduction about God bringing back it. So it's really the 38 and 39 battle. Um, that is going to happen prior to the thousand years. Um, there's so many details that make that clear. I want to read just a couple things. First, let me start with the reference here out of 28 so we can get where uh, Lawrence is coming from. It says in, in uh, Revelation 20, verse 7, now when the, th- when the thousand years have expired, so that's the end of the thousand years, <coughs> excuse me, Satan, Satan will be released from his prison, and go out to deceive the nations, which are in the four corners of the earth, Gog and Magog, to gather them together to battle. And that confuses a lot of people because they see Gog and Magog here, and in Ezekiel 38 and 37, Gog and Magog. But what a lot of people don't realize is, Gog is the name of a demon entity. And that's revealed in Scripture where it speaks of this demon entity. Um, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's actually his name is actually Gog, is what the Scripture would indicate. So the fact that Gog is mentioned again doesn't mean it's the same battle. It's just the same guy behind the battle. So even as you have the same demon behind the 38-39 battle, you've got the same demon here at the end. But let's go on. Magog representing just that world gathering. To gather them to battle, whose number is the sand of the sea. They went up on the breadth of the earth and surrounded the camp of the saints. So they're going to gather around Jerusalem, the beloved city. And fire came down from God out of heaven and devoured them. And the devil who deceived them was cast into the fire and brimstone where the beast and false prophet are. Now notice that. So you've got a situation where now the you have a, a, the beast and false prophet are already in the lake of fire. Now you've got Satan at this battle in, in Revelation 20 being thrown in with them. But wh- here's how we know it's two separate battles. The false prophet and the beast are thrown in at the beginning of the thousand years, and Satan is bound, if you will. He's thrown in at the end of the thousand years um, where they are tormented forever and ever. But he's released after the Gog and Magog war for one more battle. So in other words, once he's thrown in here, he can't get out. But what we see is is that when he gets locked up for the thousand years, he gets released to bring another battle here in Revelation chapter 20, which is the final gathering. Now, there's some other differences I want to point out, and then I'll talk about how the two battles work. When you look at all the details of Ezekiel 38 and 39, you don't find those here in Revelation. In Revelation, it's just simply uh, the, the nations of the world gathering around Jerusalem. The Lord comes down and destroys them, and there's the new heaven and the new earth. In Ezekiel 30 and 39, you've got a 200-mile-long battle that runs from Armageddon all the way down to Petra. The Lord comes in and wipes them out, and then for seven years on this earth, he's cleaning up the battle, and then for a 1,000 years after that, he rules and reigns. When this battle takes place, new heaven, new earth. In other words, he destroys everything, it says. Everything is wiped out, because you read, you go into chapter 21, it says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. So understand, in this battle, everything gets destroyed in Revelation. It's all wiped out, and there's a new heaven and new earth. In Ezekiel 38 and 39, there's a thousand years after that that it says that Satan is locked up. Uh, the false prophet and Antichrist are by themselves in the lake of fire. At the end of the thousand years, it says here that Satan is thrown in with them. So you can see the two are separated by a thousand years. And again, I'd encourage you, you know, Lawrence, a great thing to do is read through Ezekiel 38 and 39 and write down all the details about that battle. And then read about the battle in Revelation 20, and you realize they are very, very distinct and separate battles, even with the location of where the false prophet and Antichrist are, right. and where Satan is, and then where the battle lines are drawn. Um, I can guarantee you this. It says that after the battle in 38 and 39, there'll be seven years of cleanup on the earth. When the Lord creates a new heaven and a new earth, there's not going to be seven years of cleanup. It's a brand new heaven and a new earth, and that happens right after Revelation 20. So it is definitely two different battles. Um, I think the confusion often comes in for uh, readers is when they see the name Gog and Magog. 
uh, because it is going to be the the battle the Magog of the world armies coming together. But Gog is a is what appeared to be in Scripture a demonic being, and he's going to be gathering. Whether or not that's another name for Satan, we don't know. Right. But uh, it probably is. Either that's Satan working directly behind him or maybe even Satan himself. So if it is, then Satan's going to be the one gathering the battle there with Russia and Iran, which he would be behind yeah. anyway. And Satan would be the one gathering this battle. So it might be another name for, for Satan there that Gog. But it is a spiritual being and two separate battles. Yeah. And Lawrence, just in case, I'm, I'm assuming you meant to say 38 and 39 in your question. I'm sure he did, yes. But if you, yeah, because 37 really uh, has to do with God bringing Israel back into the yes, land, the reviving restoration, the, dry, the fruit of the land, yes, the dry bones, yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm sure that's what he meant. But either way, yeah, yeah, if you go look at those details, you'll find there are very, yeah. very specific yeah. details that are missing in both yeah. stories. They can't be the same uh, uh, battle. Which, by the way, is very interesting because the Jews love Ezekiel 37, but they pay no attention. To yeah. thirty-eight and thirty, they it's stop. Amazing. It's almost like they stop at thirty-seven, and that's that's it. We we don't we don't listen to anything else in the book of Ezekiel. Well, it's like Isaiah fifty-three. You know, God gave them out of the Dead Sea Scrolls. You know, this the whole scroll of Isaiah. Yeah, and they ignore. You know, they've got it as their centerpiece there right. in their in their document case, but they ignore what it says about the suffering Messiah and all that. They just kind of write it off. It's like you know, you you don't want to hear what you don't want to hear, man. When you're blind, you're blind. That's right. Until God opens their eyes. That's right. All right, Pastor Mark. Our next question comes from Clark who enjoys signs of the times in Norfolk, Virginia. So he would go from West Coast to East Coast. And he says, I wanted to further understand the millennial kingdom. Do people have free will during this time? And does that mean people can come to Christ and be saved at that time? Or is this because Christ has come and brought his bride and received the saved from the tribulation that the time had passed to be saved? I understand that there will be people having families and doing regular life aside those who were saved during this time, but wasn't clear if there was further scriptural support to salvation during the thousand years. Yeah. Again, great question. Let's, let me hit it from yeah. several different ang- angles here. Uh, n- number one, first of all, free choice is eternal. That's something God will never take away. So we're not going to see in the millennial kingdom a lack of freedom of choice. The Bible says we are made in the image of God. And um, it's not just uh, the the, tri- the Trinity portion of it, such as he's Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're body, soul, spirit. But we're made in this image in the sense that we have freedom of choice. We have the ability to decide, to think, to, to, to be an agent that takes action, etc. So image goes into a lot of other things as well, much deeper than just kind of a visual outline of whatever. So, yeah, God's not going to take, ever take away our freedom of choice. He gives that. It's all through Scripture. And that's what really, I think, demonstrates love. You know, you can't demonstrate true love if you have no freedom to do it. If you're forced to do something, that's not love. Uh, we have a term for forcing someone into what, you know, certain acts here on the earth, and it's not, it's not love. Um, so, yes, that'll always be there as far as that goes. And also, he's made the cross available for all who will come. The Bible says, all who will come, I will in no way cast out. So that would mean during the millennial kingdom, we're free. And during the millennial kingdom, we can come to the cross. So, yes, people can be saved. So the question wouldn't be so much, is there further scriptural support for salvation? It would be, is there any scriptural support that salvation will stop? Would really be the better question. And no, there's no scriptural support that salvation will stop. It'll still remain available because the blood has been spilled. The cross is available. Now, with that said, some of you, especially right now, if you don't know what it says prophetically about the millennial kingdom, you're probably thinking, well, wait a minute. Why would a bunch of saved people need to get saved? Uh, I thought you were saved when you get in the millennial kingdom. Yes and no. Yes, in the fact that when the Lord comes back, only the saved will enter the millennial kingdom. Nobody unsaved will enter the millennial kingdom, only the saved. So where do we get those who can be saved after that? The Bible says that mortals will go in and we will go in in our new bodies. Those of us who know the Lord, the rapture has taken place. We now have our new bodies. We come back in our new bodies and we go into the millennial kingdom in our new bodies where we don't marry or have children or die or whatever. That's a good point to make. However... Those that are still alive at the end of the, of the Seven great tribulation, period. yes, they will. If they get saved during the rapture or during the tribulation, yeah. they'll get to go into the millennial kingdom in their mortal, normal bodies. They don't have their new body yet. They'll be getting married. Some of them will already be married. They'll be having children. The Bible says children will be born during the millennial kingdom by those mortals that go in. And here's the trick: those babies, when they're born. They're not just Christians because they're born in the millennial kingdom. And they're not just Christians because mom and dad are a Christian. They have to make their own choice for Christ. 
So you're going to have unbelievers living on the earth until they make that choice. And the amazing thing to me is, Greg, some of them, even after seeing the kingdom and the Lord's glory, will still reject him. And for and and so and and the people say, how in the world could anybody reject the Lord seeing him? Well, and he's ruling and reigning at that point. Yeah, by the way, that's right. But but again, look, he was on the earth two thousand years ago. People saw him and rejected him. Yep. So they're going to see him and reject him during the thousand year reign. So here's and this goes back into the last question where we talked about the two different wars. Yeah. Why would there Why would there need to be another war after Ezekiel 30, 38 and thirty nine? Because in the Revelation War, it's at the end. The, the thirty and thirty nine is at the beginning of the thousand years, which starts the millennial kingdom right then you have a thousand years with satan locked up and the false prophet the antichrist the only two that are in the the lake of fire you come to the end of it and all those people that have been born and chosen to reject jesus christ as lord and savior gog probably satan will regather them again to come and fight against all of us as we're gathered in jerusalem the lord will wipe them out Wipe out the current earth, the current heavens, everything that exists. He's going to make a new heaven and a new earth. And at that point, only the saved will go into the new heaven and the new earth. And never again will an unsaved person be in the new heaven and the new earth. It'll only be saved from that point on for eternity. All the time, anywhere, for everyone, Jesus is always going to be needed. Absolutely. And he's always going to be available to save. Yeah. He's always available. Look, look. Salvation while you're alive up until we see the, 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 the earth destroyed and the new heaven and the new earth. Salvation will be available up until the new heaven and the new earth. At that point, it's not that he cuts it off. It's just no longer needed because now only the righteous that have chosen him are going to live forever with him in the kingdom of God. Yeah. Even more amazing during that thousand year reign that people will reject him, but. We'll see. It is amazing. It I is just, amazing. It just shocks me. And you know, Greg, but you read about it. It talks about at the end of Zechariah that we're going to be going up for the Feast of Tabernacles. And there's going to be some nations, some people and nations that refuse to go up in regions because they don't want to honor him. And it says, all right, you're not going to have any rain. It says they'll be in drought because they won't come and celebrate the Feast of Tabernacles. <laughs> now, look at God's grace. Yeah, I know. Look at the Lord's grace. After all he's been through. After what he's done, you think he would just toast them right then. Right. But, Greg, he gives them a thousand years to come to their senses. Yeah. This is a gracious, loving, merciful God. I mean, that's amazing when you think about what God is going to demonstrate to the modern era. Yeah. The, the, what he's going to demonstrate through Ezekiel 38 and 39. Right. That says that all nations will know that he is the Lord because he will be the only one that will save them from this invasion. That's right. All the things that are going to be happening. And there's still that region. Anyway, and well, we can go on for la- that forever. One last point. Yes. I know we can go on for that. One yep. last point, though. I want to make this point. A lot of people say that if, if anybody has just a good environment, they'll turn out as a good person. <laughs> no. <laughs> Millennial Kingdom proves that is a lie. Yes. Because there is no better environment than Jesus Christ ruling and reigning in righteousness. And there will still be those because of their sin nature and that they're not born again that will choose to live evil. So it's not your environment. It's your heart. And everything will be renewed. From the effects of the tribulation That's period right. when Jesus comes, the waters, the waters right. of the nations are going to be healed. That's right. Trees are going to spring to life. The Dead Sea deserts is going to come to life. life. Deserts, right. Every, right. deserts. I know. Who We've never seen a desert spring to life. I know. Anyway, okay. I know. It's exciting. All right. Our last question, Pastor Mark, comes from Brenda, who enjoys Signs of the Times in North Carolina. And her question is about abortions in America's situation. She says, when people repent for the country having taken part in millions of abortions, yet abortions continue, is America free from judgment? So, yeah, wow. What? Uh, well, have we have we repented? Well, I think what, what I think what, what Brenda means. What Brenda's saying is, look, there are people, Greg, they get together and say, God, oh, please say, forgive us yes, as a nation, okay, gotcha. forgive us of our sins. So, Brenda, first of all, continue to do that. Yes. Gather together. I love to see people gathering together, asking for God's mercy and God's forgiveness, and 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 sadly. Um, if the nation itself doesn't repent, no judgment will be will be pending. Um, God does forgive the individual that repents of their sin, and they will not face the judgment of God. But a nation that doesn't repent of their sin, that nation God holds accountable, and the Scripture is very clear. Um, so even though there are groups that are you know calling out to God. Asking forgiveness of what we've done as a nation. If America as a whole doesn't repent of this, at some point, God will have to judge America for the shedding of all this innocent blood. And it's it's sad, but it's true. Yeah. All right. Uh, some great questions. If you've got a question, maybe you heard these questions and now you're thinking about something else. We encourage you to visit thewaymedia.net. Click on Signs of the Times. You'll see where you can ask your prophecy question for Pastor Mark to answer on the air. Or you can read our frequently asked questions as well. And I believe you can also do that on the Way Media app. All right. Pestilence, plagues, disasters, 
and lots of corruption. No kidding. Uh, This is from uh, Breitbart.com. It's a report that after-school Satan clubs are gaining popularity. You know, can you believe you just read that headline? I mean, think think about where we are, Greg. I I just I read that headline. After-school Satan clubs are gaining in popularity. There should be such an uproar of just, this is the most egregious, ridiculous. They should be run out on the rails. Unbelievable. But it shows you how far our nation has just turned toward demonism. We've turned away from God. After school, Satan clubs are reportedly gaining popularity and are not likely to slow as their supporters rack up media attention and legal wins fighting for free speech. The clubs, which are associated with the Satanic Temple, are currently only offered in, look at this. This is just, this is another line I've got to pause. They're currently only offered in primary schools. Currently, like, but we hope to expand. It's only our tiniest children so far that have this benefit. Oh, my my goodness. Although the Satanic Temple is looking to expand into high schools. Great, let's corrupt everybody, according to the report. The school clubs began in early 2020 and were viewed by some as an alternative to religious clubs. Campaign director for the after-school Satan Club, June Everett, told the outlet. And I quote, that's kind of when things started blowing up, as I anticipate that every year moving forward... Um, is going to get busier and busier. I, I just, again, I, I think that it, when, when a nation, you know, when, when a body, Greg, can no longer expel its poisons, it's going to die. If your body loses its ability, its immune system, to fight the infections and, and, and expel things, that body will eventually die. Our nation has now lost the ability. We don't have an immunity for sin or evil, and we're allowing our, ourselves to be corrupted and destroyed. No, that's a good analogy, Pastor Mark, because what we're seeing in our country right now is we're seeing um, you know, the uh, prevalence of online gambling, and then equal to that is the commercials that are prevalent for uh, gambling addictions. Uh, same thing for drug addictions yeah. here locally. I can't remember the name of the, the, the company that now I'm seeing and they're very compelling ads for someone to get help. But if we would stop legalizing things, yeah. you know, I mean, what, what, what do we, we can clearly not govern ourselves. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and, and one of the Satan's tricks, Greg, is a great point you brought up there. He's, he, he convinces people that if you don't look, it's going to happen anyway, make it legal, and then try to restrict it. And so they'll say, all right, people are going to smoke marijuana anyway, so make marijuana legal, but make it only for these age groups and only in those places. No, once no. you give in once and you, you allow in. it, it's done. You have to say, no, I don't care if people are going to do it. You can make the argument, people are going to do it anyway. Well, then let them do it and arrest them when they do. Yeah. But don't make it legal. Stop it so you protect the next generation. It's, when, it's, it's, it's horrible. Once you take the live off, lid off, there's there's no putting it back on. No, no and that we're, we're seeing that right now in a number of ways culturally. Yes. A number of ways. So you've just got to wonder what kind of barometer that is for us yeah. for where we're at uh, you know, but all the more reason, listen, and I just want to say this as a quick encouragement for those of you that sit there and watch the news all the time and all you're doing is in just shock and dismay and disbelief and you're almost paralyzed on watching it. Stop. Be about your father's business. Yeah, we've we've got work that God has given us to do yeah. for the time he's given us to share the good news for those that have ears to hear. Yeah. And now's the time to do it. That's right. That's right. We have to. And, you know, again, I look at, you know, you know, it's one thing when you see fringe groups that aren't very big doing sinful things, but right. now it's coming from the highest levels of yeah. government. And Greg, when we've got shows now that are, that are sexualizing our children, yeah. think about it. We've got shows that are perverting and sexualizing our children that are being promoted by even the White House and other things. Yeah. I look at that and I go, look, we're done. I mean, if, unless there's some major revival, we're done. And I do believe God may give us a reprieve. Uh, on some things, I sure hope he does. But at the same time, we need to be ready and preaching the gospel boldly. This again, not a time to shy away, but to be bold. Absolutely. I mean, any soldier in war doesn't sit there and marvel that bullets are flying over their head. No, that's right. They're they're grabbing their gun, and yeah. in our case, we're on our knees, we're in prayer, or we're taking whatever action with you know you know with our congressmen or or with reaching out to people. But don't just sit there and watch the news all day. That's right. Yeah, and and I, and I well, remember the early church was persecuted 
And Greg, I think, yeah. you know, we're going to face some persecution. We need to be prepared. But we, God said this, I'll, that we'll have the joy of the Lord. God's going to strengthen us. I don't want to scare people, but and I don't know to what level it'll be. But remember, the church has faced throughout history persecution, and it may come our way, but we can't shy away. We have to be bold like the early church was and stand for Christ. Yeah. The Daily Wire says a leftist activist organization is allying with Big Pharma to push transgenderism in hospitals. Yeah. Explain this one. Well, this is where you're watching, um, where we're watching um, a larger perversion of our society happening again at the at the institutional level. We have the hospitals yeah. now. We talk about... We're beyond the social great, media thing. We are mutilating our children. We are cutting off private parts of our babies at young ages and saying somehow they can decide that's what they want. Their children... They have no idea. That's why God gave them parents. And now we're institutionalizing the hospitals to, to work together to say, let's help to mutilate our children. I can't believe the level of corruption we now yeah. have. How can God not judge us? Let me read some of this. Yeah. It says, a leftist activist organization teamed up with Big Pharma to push transgender ideology in American hospitals, a recent report revealed. The Human Rights Campaign, HRC, a leftist organization that supports transgenderism, created a scorecard called... The Healthcare uh, Equality Index, which measures healthcare facilities, policies, and practices related to the equity and inclusion of their LGBTQ patients and visitors and employees. HRC goes on to add that the HEI 2022 evaluates more than 2,200 healthcare facilities nationwide. The report discussed a number of different factors, including hospitals' approach to gender transition attempts. In their support for pro-equality legislation, look how this is being presented. By allowing these people to promote their perversion, it's called equality. A detailed criteria list also contains that in order to receive a higher score, healthcare facilities should offer certain transgender-specific clinical services. Here we go. And should also have an externally promoted multidisciplinary gender clinic for either adults and or youth. There's children. A hospital can also lose points. It engages in an activity that HRC considers to be discriminatory. Here's what they're saying. These little babies have a right to have their private parts cut off. And if you don't give them that right, you're going to lose points and be discriminatory. This is perverted. It is evil. We need to protect our children. We need to speak up and say it is wrong. Our children need to be protected regardless of the persecution that comes our way. God has called us to fight for them and stand for them. This is evil. And it's, and Greg, it's being just accepted in, in this like institutionalized across the nation way. It's horrible. It just reminds me what the Bible tells us that if it wasn't the Lord coming back, he that he that he what is the scripture verse that says about him cutting the time short because if he didn't no, no man, flesh would no be flesh saved. would be saved. In Matthew twenty four. That that's exactly what we're seeing right here. Yeah. We we are destroying ourselves and if and if God doesn't come back, yeah. we we wouldn't have any humanity left. That's right. That's right. I mean, we, we, again, God has to at some point. Wow. We talked about, Greg, the cancer in a body. Yeah. Eventually the cancer is, is either removed or you, or you're going to, the body dies. Yeah. And so our world is becoming cancerous with all this just open sin and rebellion to God. And at some point God has to remove the cancer. And yeah. so we have to be judged. Oh boy. All right. Our uh, last one in this art, uh, category here is from NPR Pastor Mark. The WHO, not the band, but the World Health Organization, yes. is seeking a new treaty on on handling future pandemics. It could be a hard sell. Yeah, this is interesting, Greg, and this is why I wanted to bring this in about what's going on. Let me read some of the article and tell you why this is massive and why I'm, I'm hoping that God intervenes and has mercy on us for a reprieve here in our nation. And I, I kind of sense that he will, but okay. only God knows. Yep. The World Health Organization is convening a special session. That's happening right now. It happened this week. So I don't know what the other. Oh, so we don't even have the update today, on well, this. Well, today's the today last, was day. The last it's, day. It's still going. Okay, gotcha. I think it's going to finish today. Special session of its governing body, uh, the World Health Assembly, to start talks on a new global treaty covering pandemics. Now this is going to be huge. Representatives of whose 194 member states, which again America is a part of, will meet virtually for three days. Okay, I'm sorry, it ended. It went Monday to Wednesday. Okay, starting on Monday to consider a new international rules for handling future outbreaks. The head of the WHO, Tedros, uh, says the world has not worked well together to confront the current COVID-19 pandemic. Everybody has seen to what extent we were really disorganized, and all have seen the failures of the global system. What he's saying is we need to make sure that, that we can control everything in one fell swoop. Those failures during the current pandemic have been many, said Tedros. 
The first was a slow response to containing the initial outbreak, says public health specialists. They also point to conflicts with a lack of transparency and information sharing, uh, particularly by China. Some countries were accused of hoarding medical supplies. Then when vaccines were finally developed, poorer nations have complained they weren't shared equitably. A final concern, the experts say, the global response to the crisis is led by an underfunded WHO that has no no power to force any nation to do anything. That's the key. Yes. They want the power power. to force every nation to do what they want. Greg, this is an attempt to rule the world by the WHO. Let me explain why. Our listeners need to know this. I don't know what the final outcome was of this yet or what's going to happen. But if the WHO convinces the member states to vote on this and agree, here's what it says. They are saying, okay, because we need to move unilaterally worldwide, because we need to move rapidly, because we need to move with everybody doing the same thing to stop it if it starts, the WHO has the authority to lock the entire world down, make everybody wear masks, make everybody get shots, and those who don't immediately be separated, isolated, put in camps, whatever. We have the power to control the world with one fell swoop from your TV screen. Boom, we just did it. This is scary stuff. This is worldwide domination type stuff treaty that we've already agreed to. Our Congress and Senate already voted. Whatever the who decides, we'll go with it. Now, you're, right now, if you're if you're thinking, well, then what hope do we have? Okay, if this passes, and at some point, at some point, something like this will, because the Antichrist is going to use it. And I hope this doesn't pass. Uh, because they're already talking about, oh, no, there's a new one coming in 2024. There's a new one on the way. And get ready. Right and, around November. But Greg, <laughs> they announced it this week after they had this meeting. Yeah. In other words, we need total control. Oh, and by the way, there's another pandemic coming. It's like they're setting it up. So give us the power. We'll declare it. We'll shut the world down. That's what we're facing. This could happen over, you know, overnight. We have to watch this. Now, with that said, here's the possible good news. If... By chance, God grants a conservative president to get in. And this is not a political statement. I'm simply using the word conservative because they stand on this on these positions. Okay, so this is not a, a, a political statement. If God allows a conservative president who doesn't go along with the WHO, we can, as a nation, withdraw. You know, President Trump withdrew from the WHO. If If you withdraw, you're not under that treaty. You're not under that mandate. So if they pass it, we're locked in. But we still have hope if a new president gets in and goes, we're not a part of the, of the WHO, we're backing out, then, then they can lock the world down. But America doesn't have to lock down because we're not under their treaty. So it's bad news and possible good news. And here's the bottom line. Church, <laughs> you need to be praying. Amen. We need to be asking God. Yes. I was praying just today. God, please don't let this pass. Because, again, I, I'm hoping that God leaves the world open, and I believe that he will until the rapture takes place. But I'm, I know they're going to try more lockdowns. It's going to be, I think, something that the Antichrist could use to control the world with lockdowns, forcing shots, forcing the, uh, the mark. Now, here's the thing. The mark won't happen until after we're out of here. So I'm not worried about us, you know, in the mark. But at the same time, uh, a lot of other attempts to work toward that could be there. I don't want nobody who wants to go through the nonsense we went through back with COVID. Now we know the masks didn't work at all. We know that the shots didn't work because they're saying now that it actually made people catch it more. They became more, they actually more susceptible. More, yeah, they got more COVID. It broke their immunity down. Yeah. So, so the point is it was a total failure on every healthcare, uh, uh um, um, scale that you want to put on it. And yet. Much of the world doesn't know that, Greg. It's shocking. If you do your homework, you find that out. But a lot of the world isn't doing their homework, and they think, oh, this this really worked. It didn't. And if they can convince the world and keep them in the dark, all they have to do is get the permission to do this, lock it down, and look, we're all saving the planet. Aren't we good? No, it's going to make things worse. So be praying about this. This is a big deal, and, and maybe by next week we'll know what they finally determined. Talk about he deceives the nations through pharmacia. Well, you're not kidding. You're not kidding. And that's the verse for that. Yes. Oh, perfect. Yes. Uh, Okay, let's go to the church. And you need to go to church this Sunday. If you're not in church, go to church. Uh, This is from Fox News. God is trans exhibit. A Catholic church divides parishioners. Quote, unquote, enough is enough. Yeah. You know, Greg, it's now to the point we talked about how bad the nation is. We're now to open blasphemy out in the open among those who call themselves the church. This is such blasphemy. A progressive Catholic church in New York City has divided church scores with a new art display declaring God is transgender. The exhibit, can you imagine? I just, I I fear for them standing before God. Mm -mm. The exhibit entitled God is a Trans, a Queer Spiritual Journey was displayed next to the altar at the Church of St. Paul the Apostle in Manhattan on Sunday. Three paintings depicted the queer spiritual journey as sacrifice, identity, and communion 
Um, one parishioner told the New York Post the church has gone too far in pursuing its liberal agenda. No kidding. Um, the church should not be promoting this. No kidding. The unnamed person told the outlet, I understand there are transgender people. I pray for all people, but enough is enough. It seems like they're trying to force the agenda on others. It doesn't seem like anything. That's what they're doing, my friend. But here's the bottom line. Look, God loves everybody. We know that blanket statement. He loves, I don't care what somebody, what sin they're involved in. Jesus died on the cross and he'll forgive anybody that comes to him. And and I said, please forgive me of my sins. I accept your blood for me on the cross. But when you go to the level of not just, again, you know, sure, you can live in sin if you want, and, and, and you'll stand before God one day and give account for that. But when you try to say now to impute, impute sin to God, um, you know, this is just a level of blasphemy that shows that the fear of God has truly left a, a portion of America. There's no fear of God. There will be. The Bible says when the Lord calls everybody to stand before him, it's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. But at this point, until that happens, there's no fear. And I, I see this kind of stuff. I think, man, how can you be so callous that you don't have any fear that maybe what if I'm wrong, you know, and, and then you're going to stand before a holy God. But they really don't. And I think when you see this kind of open blasphemy. Now, we talked about uh, uh, things happening from the White House on down, you know, when it goes just from small fringe groups. This is the, the Catholic Church. And when they start promoting this from that vantage point, Greg, it becomes this worldwide kind of accepted thing. And again, we're now stepping into a realm where God has no choice at some point but to come in and judge. The church is supposed to be the moral standard for the world. Um, and when you see those who claim to be Christians not standing for the morals of God and even imputing the most blasphemous of sins to God, it's a, it's really pretty much a, a cancer that's gone so far. There's really no answer but eradication, and that's what I'm, I'm fearful about. And again, it's leading to the Great Tribulation in those final seven years. Well, let's just fold this last story into what you just shared. This is from Fox News. Protesters condemn Christian church hosting, quote-unquote, family-friendly drag nights. Yeah, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Again, this shows the, the open blasphemy and, and lack of fear of God. A Christian church in Texas. Now, this goes from the Catholic Church now to Protestant. Hosted a drag event last week and was open to families prompting protests from locals urging the attendees to defend purity and reject the perversion. The First United Methodist Church in Sherman, Texas, became the venue for the May 13 LGBTQ event after it was removed from its original location at a nearby Pecan Grove Park. The event called Pride Prom was billed by organizers as a family-friendly drag show. A poster for the event, which had the original venue on it, read Pride Prom, Be True to You. Uh, the poster noted the event would have open mic karaoke, family-friendly fr- drag show, and that it would be hosted by Alex Gemini. I don't know who that is. The event was organized by Grayson County, uh, Grayson County Pride, an organization representing the local LGBTQ community. Reports noted that the venue changed last minute and was held at the Mosaic Campus of the First United Methodist Church. So it still was held on the campus of First United Methodist Church, but they took it out of their main sanctuary. It's still just as blasphemous. And here's the, here's the thing. Look, let me say it again. God loves everybody. He loves these people that in this yep. sin, God doesn't God hate. God loves loves them the sin though is going to be judged if they don't repent of it and for those who claim to be the church representing this again greg it shows you when god says you know think about noah and the flood it finally came to the point where god said this is irredeemable i literally have to wipe out mankind and start over and the bible says in the last days it'll be like the days of noah god's gonna look at mankind and say you know what it's irredeemable. I've got to wipe it out and start over, and we're going to see the great tribulation, the bowls, the trumpets, the seals. God wipes out most of the earth, except for those who get through and many that get saved. And then we have the thousand-year reign where the Lord will rule and show yeah. how truly government is supposed to run righteously. <laughs> yes. Then it's Amen. all wiped out. Everything that's ever been tainted by yeah. sin is wiped out. At the end of the thousand years, the new heaven and the new earth, and again, we live forever with the Lord. How I look forward to that day. But, Greg, until that day, we have to fight hard, stand hard, fight the battle, love the lost love them but stand firmly for the truth and not back down yeah amen well make sure that you guys are reading your word every day and praying to the lord and seeking for god to fill you fresh with his holy spirit because quite honestly this is not a battle that we can do in our flesh that's right we've got to do it in god's power uh as uh zechariah says not by might not by power but by my spirit says the lord so just get in tune with the lord and he's going to guide you into the areas uh in your world where you can do battle for good and share the truth because people are in prison pastor mark yes people are. are in shackles and they don't even know it i know yeah they don't even understand the deception that they're under 
It's, it almost reminds me when Jesus was on the cross and the people were saying the things to him that they were saying. And he said, Father, forgive them because they, they don't, don't know, know what That's they're right. doing. That's right. There's so many people out there today that just don't know what they're doing. That's right. I hope Same. we know what we're doing. Yeah. So, <laughs> But Jesus does. Turn yes. to him. Turn Amen. to Jesus if yes. you need the Lord. Amen. Pastor Mark, glad to have you back, folks. Glad that you are back with us. Don't forget our website, thewaymedia.net, for all things Signs of the Times related and other things that we offer 24 hours a day through our radio station, WIAM. And we'll see you back here next Friday at 1.30 for more Signs of the Times. Follow.